what to say. For those of you who are just visiting for the first time today, uh. I'm sorry. Hey, hey. Can we, can we have you guys uh, bring out some uh, stools for us? Uh, you guys enjoyed that a little too much. <laughs> you got to give it up for Greg and Derek. I got to know. I didn't know why. That's why they called them business socks. Now you know. This, does Andrea and Carrie, they, they like this look? Sure. You going to wear that home? Yeah, Andrea wants nothing to do with coming to church forever. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's probably not going to make it through the service. <laughs> Ooh, did you hear that? Oh, gosh. All right, so it's, it's great to be back at Troy campus. Yeah. We do love it. Yes, Troy. <laughs> it's been a while since we've been here. I mean, that was over the top. <laughs> I think time. I was, like, blushing during that. You don't blush. She I doesn't know. blush, so that must have got her. So anyway, uh, we're glad to be here. And, you know, speaking of business time, I think it's time to take a, uh, do some business, church business. All right, so it's business time right now. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know? Take a guess. We're going to, very good. See, I connected the dots. We're going to take the offering right now. I just, there's nowhere else to take it. I don't want to take it when we're talking about sex here in a minute. So uh, now we're all You're red and blushing. You're saying it's not a good transition. So ushers, go ahead. The ushers are going to come down and pass the pouch. And really, I'm not kidding. Um, it is something that is very, obviously very important to the church and to us. And, uh, you know, as you look at that slide, the way that... Uh, Business time in terms of money works now in our world is dig digital. You can't even say business time Okay, I'll never now. say that like word that again. again. How about business socks? <laughs> uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, no. no, but seriously, I do want to say thank you for all of you that give to Kensington. It's a real blessing to us, and I know many of you made pledges and are finishing those pledges uh, right now in the last couple months of the Everyone campaign, and I just appreciate it. If you're new here and you want to jump in with us, that's how you do it. It's that simple, and you can do it just in a couple minutes on your phone. That's how we do it. And it, it really is a blessing to us. All right, let's talk <laughs> about sex. It's sort of interesting. You know, as many of you know, uh, we've just been on this whirlwind uh, sort of thing since our book came out. It's been five weeks now. And it was really uh, interesting. Uh, we were doing a marriage conference yesterday in uh, Bend, Oregon. Anybody ever been there? I mean, it was the most beautiful place ever. They had 40 inches of snow. In 40 hours. In 40 hours. So the airport was closed until a couple hours before we got there. And then we got on a red eye and came back, and it was just a, a fast and furious thing. But we also did the same thing two weeks ago in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. We did a Friday night, Saturday marriage conference. It was so interesting. We're sitting at this table. They had all these tables. And there was this couple sitting there. And we said, hey, are you from this church? Because we're at some big church there. And they go, nope. I go, are you from another church? Nope. I go, where are you from? How you end up here? We go, we're from Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm like, isn't that a long way? He goes, seven hours drive and to get here. And so I say, why are you guys here? What happened? He goes, well, my wife and I were watching the Today Show, and you and you guys were on it. And after you got off, I turned to my wife and I said, hey, honey, we're a 10 out of 10. Our marriage is a 10 out of 10, right? And she goes, we're a two. <laughs> and he goes, so we're here because I have to figure out how to get us to attend because I have no idea how. So Isn't think about crazy? it. They drove 14 hours round trip to work on their marriage. That's what God's been doing. It's so interesting. The Fox News stuff that's been running every week. And Dave trended at number one. Yeah, well, you did on your article yesterday. For like two minutes. <laughs> two minutes is how long I trended. <laughs> hey, but they were better than one. <laughs> 
I don't know what to say right know. now. You guys, uh, we're a little slap happy. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't think we slept the whole night. I look over <laughs> at Ann's reading and it's like, but, but here's the thing. I think what's going on is I think the world and our country is really desperate for Me truth. Too. Yes. Hey, Carrie's sitting right there. Yeah. Oh. Do you like your husband, those socks? That was a little crazy. Um, no, I think the world really is because if you've read the Fox News things that have been trending, it's crazy. They're about Jesus. Right. There's nothing hidden. They're like, your marriage is hopeless without Jesus. You know, and people, people are, are reading it. People are clicking on that. So thank God that he's getting that message out. So, so today's interesting because today we got to talk about a very uh, wonderful but sensitive topic. And I know in this room there's people like blushing right now. Like that whole business thing was over the top for you. And now you're like, you're going to talk about this? Can you turn down the lights, you know? I mean, and, but at the same time, there's the other half of the crowd is like, locker room crowd, let's go. Let's talk about this. Use those video screens. Well, here, right? and no, we're not going to use the video screens, <laughs> you in case you're that? wondering. Oh, my you know? gosh. Well, and here's the truth. Our culture is talking about it constantly, right? We're bombarded with it. But in the church, so often the church is silent on God's perspective on it. So we're excited to bring that. We're excited that we not only have married people, but singles here, too, because I think it's really important to gain God's perspective. Oh, this is so important for singles and marriages. And the book is really, we're getting feedback. A lot of singles are reading the book, even as we were signing books after that service a lot of singles like this book has been helpful for us but it's really interesting when in the church that i grew up in i never heard a sermon about sex never talked about it. now everybody else talking about it culture's talking about it tv's talking about it all my friends talk about it. church quiet and the only thing i can ever remember is maybe one sermon our pastor said something like this is what i remember sex is wrong it's dirty don't do it and if you do you'll go bald so there you go <laughs> And I think well, he was right. All the bald guys Some really of us like are that. really bald, you know? <laughs> I guess that tells you everything you need to know. But anyway, it's just, it was sort of, that was sort of the mantra you heard. It was just, it was, it was a, a bad thing. And here's the thing. Okay, we'll just start right here. And I know this isn't news to anybody, but let me just remind you of something that's very important to understand. God invented sex. Hmm. It wasn't Playboy or porn. God invented this thing. I remember saying that once at a marriage conference and some husband in like the third row goes, praise Jesus, when I said that. <laughs> I'm not kidding, his wife is crawling under the chair. But, but the truth is, this wasn't man made up. God gave this, uh, this gift of sex to us as a beautiful gift. Now here's the thing. Some of us, when we even hear that, are like, it's not a beautiful thing because it's been so hurtful in your life and, and there's been negative things. And I, I get it, I understand because we have taken something really beautiful and, and, and it's distorted really it. And I have sexual abuse in my background. Some of, we have sexual past with other people in our background that we regret. So all of us, I would say most of us have baggage that we carry into a marriage, which is sad. Part of it's just living in this culture, but it affects our relationship with our husband and wife. And so here's what we're gonna try to do today. We're gonna give you three thoughts. Just three sort of simple thoughts. I don't think they're anything revolutionary. There's nothing you haven't heard before, but just to frame this topic, and, and trust me, that we can barely touch on it in three yeah. thoughts. That's why we put like four chapters in the book on this topic. We just thought it's very important to, thought number one is do this, bring God into your bedroom. That's the first thought, bring God into your bedroom. And I know that sounds sort of like, ooh, that's creepy. Well, Bring God I would, into like, my bedroom. When I first heard this, when we first, when we were married and we went to a Christian conference and they talked about this, I told Dave, like, 
I am not bringing God in there. You know, it just felt like that's weird, that's wrong. And I didn't understand. I didn't even understand that God invented it. Yeah, and it isn't really uh, bring God in your bedroom. What, what we mean by that is bring his perspective into your life. That's all we're trying to say. It's like, here's the thing we don't understand about sex. You're bringing any person you've ever had sex with into your bedroom. We're gonna explain that in a second, but if you've had sex with anybody, one night stand, your spouse, you name it. I would say even pornography. Yeah, and, all and, that yes, is all now in. connected. And so you're bringing that into your bedroom anyway. We're saying, you know what? You need to bring God into this area of our life. That's, we, why, that's why the church should be talking about it because people need to know what is God's perspective on sex. And it's really interesting. You find out in the very beginning, the first book of the Bible is called Genesis, which means beginnings. The very first marriage is between a man named Adam and Eve. I believe they're real people because Jesus referred to them. And if I believe in Jesus, I have to take this as historical truth. And here's what he said. It said, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. I love the no shame part too. Okay, Talk You know, about because it. I think so often now, we carry so much shame in this area. And when God made it, there was no shame. There was just total beauty in it. And I can remember being in seminary and uh, theologians were trying to say that when it said they became one flesh, that didn't, didn't mean sexual intercourse. It just meant that they were one in all areas. And I was like, no guys, you don't have to dance around this. When you study it in the Hebrew, it means a husband and a wife in the covenant of marriage, God desires that they have sexual intercourse. God doesn't go, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. They're doing it again. No, <laughs> here's the thing. God invented this. He gave it to us as a gift for married couples. And, and, and trust me, if you've never thought of God this way, I wanna change the way you think of God. When a husband and a wife in the covenant of marriage make love, God is applauding. Some of you are like, oh, I can't even imagine that. Well, you don't know God then. You've got a bad, bad view of, of, of God's perspective on sex. When a husband and wife in a covenant of marriage make love, God is celebrating that. That's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Think about it. You know, if you think about, okay, why did God give us this thing called sex? What, what are the purposes? Anybody want to yell one out? What, what's one purpose uh, God would give married couples for sex? Yep, reproduction. Reproduction is definitely one of them. And often the only thing the church has ever taught is just to produce. And it's definitely part of that. And by the way, think about this. If you want to get an idea of what God is like, think about it. I'm smiling because I've thought of this many times. Like God has commanded us to reproduce a godly legacy, children, right? He's commanded that. And some, sometimes we have to adopt to do that, but he says, this is what you're going to do. Now, you're God, okay? You can give your humans any process you want to make this happen. He gives us this incredible thing called sex. Doesn't that tell you something about the heart of God? Because he could have gave us like cross-pollination, you know? Could have been that way. You're in aisle seven of Kroger and somebody walks by and sneezes. You're like, oh, I'm pregnant again, you know? <laughs> he didn't do that. I mean, he's like, I'm gonna give these guys an incredible... In fact, you wanna get a, a, a friend of yours to go to church? Try this one. I've tried this on him. Go, go up to the dude and go, hey, man, you ever go to church? No. I go, you like sex? Yeah. You know who invented it? Uh, I don't know. God did. God invented sex. Yeah, God invented sex. Don't you want to go and get to know that guy? Yeah, I do. I want to get to know that guy. Whoever invented that, I want to, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. But it's like, oh my gosh, God, when we bring his perspective in, think about this. He didn't just create sex for reproduction. He also created it, and we don't want to talk about this, but this is definitely another purpose of sex, for pleasure. That's why it feels so good. God made it 
that way. In fact, it's really interesting. Stephen Arterburn, who's written a lot on this area from a Christian perspective, look at what he says about what we've learned even about how the brain and how the body and nerve endings work in all areas of our life, especially in the area of sex. He says, sexual pleasure is one of the most intense human experiences. I mean, amen. One of the most intense uh, human experiences. He says, physically speaking, when a man or woman reaches sexual excitement, nerve endings release a chemical into the brain called opioid. Opioid means opium-like and is a good description of the power of this chemical. Basically, nothing is more physically pleasurable than sex. This is a wonderful thing in a committed marriage relationship because it helps to bond two people together and bring joy to them in, bu in building a relationship. A faithfully married couple with a free and frequent sex life are literally bonded together as one physically and chemically by God's design. I mean, it's incredible how God designed our bodies to, to bond through this act together. And that's in the covenant of marriage. Well, and I think growing up for Dave and I, no one had ever told us that. I didn't grow up going to church, but I did hear people say you shouldn't have sex before you're married. And I thought, why? I don't get it. Why? But no one ever explained why. And I wish they would have. I think for us coming into marriage, this has been one of our greatest, uh, our we just felt so bad and regretted that we, we had sex with other people. And so when I look at it, I think, no wonder, because then as a result of all our sexual baggage, we carried that in and we had a hard time figuring this area out. And nobody, nobody ever told us this. This was never taught in sixth grade biology. Right. Back when I was in school, they had a little video Anybody remember this? And it's like, here are the fallopian tubes. You're like, fallopian tubes, you know, and there are other things. You know, there's, it's like, and it was like the birds and the beasts. They never talked about something that's so important. Parents, please hear me on this. You need to talk to your children about this. Sex is not just body to body. It's deeper than that. It's actually soul to soul. That's the way God designed it. It's the most intimate thing you'll ever do with another person. I'm not just talking marriage, one night stand, you name it, porn. When you give yourself to another person physically, you're not giving yourself just physically. There's a soul connection. It's that deep. Well, we heard one of our um, mentors, they were, he was married and he was in his 80s, he and his wife. And I remember him saying, sex in our 80s is better than it's ever been. And we're like, what? And he goes, I'm telling you, you guys don't even get it. Those of you who have been married less than 15 years, you think that sex is all about the physical. And as you get older, it's not about orgasm. It's about the oneness of your soul coming together. Your goal is oneness. And I remember Dave and I looking at each other like, whoa, we've got a lot to learn. Which is sort of exciting. Yeah. That you can continue to grow in this area. But when you think about the soul to soul thing, here's what you got to understand. This is the why. This is what should have been said to us when we, we, we say keep sex in the covenant of marriage because it's so uh, delicate, you gotta protect this. Mm -hmm. It's really much like fire. In a fireplace, it's awesome. Brings warmth to the room. Outside a fireplace, it'll burn down the house. Sex outside the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman is dangerous. It's a soul tie, a soul connection. We had no idea when we got married and you heard and a couple weeks ago, how hard our first year was mm -hmm. and how we struggled. You know what a lot of that struggle was? We brought sexual yes. baggage into our marriage that we thought, oh, it's in the past. It's no big deal. We never knew. We had soul ties, and we didn't just bring God into our bedroom. We brought a whole bunch of other people, yeah. and it complicated everything. So one of the reasons we say to young people and singles, and I know nobody wants to hear this. This is not popular. 
you better be very careful about this because God doesn't say no because he doesn't want you to enjoy life. He says no because he wants the best for you. And he knows about this soul thing. Oh, He's yeah. like, protect this, protect this, save it for the covenant of marriage because it changes everything. And I always say that Satan, who's the enemy of our souls and he doesn't want our marriages to be great, and he, here's what he does. He thinks, I will do anything in my power to get this person to have sex before their marriage or outside their marriage. But then he says this, once we're married, he says, I will do anything in my power to get them not to have sex. Because what happens when you're married, this every time you have sex, it's like renewing your vows. It's like bonding you together. That's how beautiful it is. And that's why I think we struggle in this area so much. And by the way, we live in a world now, which is very interesting because sex is right here. Yeah. I mean, you think visual porn is not sex, it's sex. It's like you're giving your soul away even visually. And it's really interesting. Um, when Ann and I went to write this book, we literally went away for a week and we were trying to write 10 chapters, one chapter each every day for five days. And we, were, we had 30 years of material. So it wasn't like we had to, so I, I laid out sort of a storyboard, like you write this chapter in, on Monday and I'll write this chapter. And Tuesday you write this and this. So the first day, a friend gave us their house and they were gone. Uh, Ann takes her laptop and I see her out on the, on the deck. I'm looking through the window and she's like, Brrr. I'm like, wow. We've never written a book, and she's like going at it. And, and so I'm in here like pink, 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 pink. And then <laughs> I thought, I'm going to see what she's writing. She didn't know I could do this. Well, so I went on Google Docs and looked at her chapter. Yeah, and I, I thought, I'm going to write what I want to write. That's what I thought, because Dave had this whole thing, and I thought, hmm, what would I like you see, to write? See, see how my wife is? <laughs> she doesn't do anything I want her to do. And so I come up with this title, and I call it Dave's Neck Problem. And he... So yeah, when I, when I pulled it up, I see Dave's neck problem. I'm like, what is this? I don't even know what she's talking about. And then I see her little cursor going, and she opens it with this story about when we first got married. I just married. talked about our first year of marriage. Dave and I are on a beach together, and it was the first time I realized, like, whoa, he has a serious neck problem. Because every time some woman would go by in her bikini, his neck just couldn't help but turn all the way down. Oh, you, th you think this is funny? I, I was like, I was so offended by like that. I was like, I am standing right in front of you. He goes, what? I said, you're watching all these girls and you just keep turning your head. He goes, I don't do that. I literally, I literally denied it. I honestly was well, like mad. Well, you didn't even know you did it. I was like, I don't do that. What are you talking about? So the next day we're back there. And she's told me this, so I'm like, I'm going to see if I do this. And sure enough, a girl goes by. You did have a serious neck problem. I'm like, going like this, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I honestly, it's the first time in my life, I was 22 years old, I said, I've got a problem. Well, and what happened for me as a woman, I felt like, I already felt insecure anyway. But that made me feel even more insecure, feeling like, what's wrong with me? Why is he looking? So I went through this whole chapter is about identity, my identity problem of saying to God, am I enough for my husband? And you guys all know this, but that's kind of think what can happen with sex. We're saying, am I loved? And so we give parts of ourselves away asking that question. And God's always saying, I love you. I adore you. I love you just the way you are. This is who you are. You're my child. And I didn't know that, so that's what I wrote about. And so the second day, I wake up, and I'm like, okay. She wrote her stuff. I wrote Dave's neck problem, Dave's perspective. <laughs> and I wrote my chapter. And these, neither one of these two were supposed to be in the book. Mm -hmm. 
And even when we sent them to the publisher, we thought they wouldn't keep yeah, them. Yeah, we didn't they, think they'd ever keep they them. They basically said, these are two of the best in there because they're so real and raw. And I got to be honest, in my chapter, and I remember writing about the neck problem and, and identifying it, and then I was literally sitting there like, okay, am I going to go here or not? And I said, okay, God, I'll go here. So I wrote the rest of the chapter about my struggle with porn. Early in our marriage. Which I never wanted anybody ever to hear, ever. It's just going to be my secret. And it was a secret even to her for three or four months as I was struggling. And so I wrote a whole chapter on, okay, here's where the struggle started. Here's why and how. And here's how I let, got heal, healed and, and victory in this. And so it's really honest and raw. And, and, I, and I would say this, that chapter that Dave wrote, I don't know if I've ever read a chapter quite like that of being so raw and honest and real, especially from a pastor. You guys should get it just because you put some real practical steps I remember in. when we did the audio book, Ann was outside the studio, and I, I was hard to read that chapter out loud. Mm. And then when I walked out, I felt like, I'm not sure I should have put that in the book. And she's like, that's the best chapter in the book. I'm like, I hope so. And so I hope it helps you. And, I, and I'll just say this. Here's what I didn't understand about porn. It's soul. Mm. It's almost a violation of your vows soul-wise. And, and we justify it. It's like, I'm not having sex with anybody. Oh, when you think about the soul, you're realizing it's not just body. You're doing something really, really dangerous. And so I would just say this. And the only reason we bring it up now is because I know there's, there's men and women in this room. That's and not what just, I was going to say. It's men. not just men. This is women as well. In this room struggling right now. And I'm just going to say this, but go get the book. It gives you a lot more than this, but you've got to tell somebody. And I say today. Because here's the thing. If it stays in the dark, the dark wins. Yeah. You will not defeat this if you keep it to yourself. Some of you are saying, well, God and I know God's not enough. Honestly, you've got to tell God, but you need to tell a person. I'd say tell your spouse. Or if, you, if you're too afraid to do that, tell guys you need another man in your life, women you need another woman, and I hope you'll be able to tell your, your And if spouse. you're single, tell a friend that you can really trust and they will pray for you. And here's what I would recommend to you. One, pray before you tell your spouse. Um, pray that God will soften your spouse's heart. <laughs> pray that they don't respond the way that I responded because I was hot. And she should have been. And, and honestly, you talk about that goes into even more of an identity thing. So it took us a long time to dig through that and to even go deeper into why that was there. Okay, we've been there long enough. Are you good? Wait, wait, wait. Tell them about the Time Magazine thing. Oh, yeah. I'll just say this. Um, it isn't just Christians or pastors or the church saying stay away from porn. I don't know if you know that. The secular world is now screaming loudly. Cover Porn, uh, cover of Time Magazine article was young men who've grown up their whole lives with this in front of them. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, you got to run from porn because it absolutely messes up your brain to the point you can't even get aroused with a real woman, with a real man. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like, so it's an epidemic. Again, it's just, it's just a soul issue. All right, so that's the first idea. Bring God in here. And I tell you what, if you take the courageous step to bring something into the light, God can begin the healing process. Yes. That's how it starts. And the second thought would be, it's a John Mayer title, uh, Your Body is a Wonderland. Anybody know that song? Your body is a wonderland. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know what he says there. But, you know, and what John's trying to do there is say, man, our bodies are so amazingly built by God. And what we're trying to say is, I don't know about the song, but I'm saying this. Your body is uniquely designed by God differently, male and female. 
It even says in Genesis, he created them male and female. Are men and women different? Yeah, we talked about it last week, sort of laughed about it. And not all men are this way and all women are this way, but there's some generalities. Does this uh, affect the bedroom? Oh, yeah, you bet. And so when Ann and I speak at the Family Life Weekend to remember, and by the way, if you want, you can podcast. Now we're on radio every day of the year, 260 shows a year. We go down to Little Rock and we tape them four days a month. So it doesn't change our job here, but man, we're getting into great topics and you can so just good. go to Family Life and podcast that or listen to it on the radio. It's called Family Life Today. Yeah, and so the weekend that we do with them has a chart on the difference between men and women uh, in the area of sex. I'm gonna show you one part of this chart and the attitude that men look at sex this way and women this way. And again, this is, this is generalizations, but men tend to be more physical and women relational when it comes to sex, and men tend to be compartmentalized and holistic. And you could be flipped in your relationship, but this is, a, this is a generality. So for Dave and I, this is very true for us. Dave kind of runs in compartments, and usually one compartment doesn't affect the other compartment as much. So he could be watching football, and he's totally in the zone, and then we could have a fight, and he's totally in this, and then 30 seconds later, he's done with that, and we could have sex, and he's fine, because that doesn't affect anything. It's not really true, it isn't 30 seconds, it's <laughs> more like two minutes, but it's pretty quick. But women, we can't do that as much generally, because we're still like processing that, and we're still processing the thing that happened before that, or the day before that. And so you can talk, but I'm gonna get this. I wanted to visually show you what this is like. So yeah, I mean, if you saw Ann's tandem thing a couple weeks ago, uh, she's a visual, she's the best. She teaches things visually. So she tries to illustrate this way when we, when we do marriage conferences. Well, do the, do the Christmas lights. Oh yeah, so it's sort of like the relational thing is for a guy in the area of sex, it's like a string of Christmas lights. If a bulb or two's out, we don't care. <laughs> but a woman's like, one bulb's out, it's all done, right? <laughs> don't even talk about this, right? So, so if this was Dave and I, if I would say to Dave, hey, how about tonight is business time? Huh? Which, which you've never said your entire life. <laughs> but you can say it tonight, honey. It's so Sunday. It's like this is the compartment of, of sex. And so uh, Dave will be in that compartment. He's upstairs in bed. That's the only thing on his mind. So women, it's like tonight. this is what we are like as women. Here's where we're downstairs. We know that's happening upstairs, but we're like, is there enough milk in the refrigerator for tomorrow morning? What am I having for dinner tomorrow morning? And so we start, you know, I haven't done the laundry. And what, what about my parents? I haven't talked to my dad in a week and his health is bad. And, and Dave, like he's gonna be traveling. What are we doing with that? The boys, gosh, somebody's birthday's coming up. I need to do that. And when they're in school, like, oh gosh, they have, I have a teacher's conference. I haven't read my Bible. I need to read my Bible, prepare for that Bible study. So here I am and I need to pick up this. And oh, Dave, Dave was kind of mean to me this morning. And so here we are. Here Here's the women. Dave has one thing in his mind, and here we are as women like this. Oh! I'm okay. I'm ready. And Dave, Dave looks at me, he's like, is something on your mind? Women! Women, do you get this? Is this not true? Yes! Oh my gosh, the women are clapping. Yes, because this is our life. Men, right? are you hearing this? This is the most depressing thing ever. <laughs> and this is how we live. And so then. So I, I realize all that's on our mind and then it's like, okay. 
And it's not business we, time tonight. And then women, we carry another bag. We pick that up, and it's called the guilt bag, and that's really heavy too. And so the first time I did this, this woman is at a conference, and she goes, this is my life. So she goes home. She gets every single suitcase and bag out of her closet. She gets in bed, and she puts them all on top of her. Her husband walks in. He goes, what are you doing? She goes, this is what our sex life is like. This is what my life is like. He goes, Where, what are you, this is what you learned at a conference? <laughs> yes. But it was interesting because she finally got to explain to him. Here, honey, let me help you with that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I know this is what you want me to do. Okay. Oh, that's, see, guys, now what do you, is, think? you watching this? <laughs> because here's what we want, guys. Sometimes here, it, it would. <laughs> that's what's happening to our sex life right there. <laughs> it would be helpful for us as women to say something like this. What's the heaviest bag that you're carrying in your life right now? Guys, you write that down? I'm telling you, That's some a of question your wives would cry if you asked that. <laughs> and then if you said this, what can I take off your shoulders so that you don't have to carry so much? Because as women, it's about the relationship. We care about how we feel about our relationship and how we're doing. And I tell you what, I, I totally didn't understand this for decades. Oh, and we, we, would, would we would fight. Mostly about frequency. At that time, I wanted sex more than she did. And by the way. And, and I'm going to say this. And there is no affection going on. Sex was like, the only affection that happened was in our bedroom at night. Yeah, and so I didn't understand that. And so I've learned that foreplay to most women is not touch. We talked about this last week. It's non-sexual touch, which is another word for affection. In fact, guys, if you want to write something down. Single guys, you better learn this right now. <laughs> Foreplay to a woman, and you need to ask your woman, is this true for well, you? we talked about this. Is affection, conversation, honesty, and openness. Remember that from last week? And so I was mad at Ann. She wasn't interested in making love. She was mad at me that I never gave her affection and relationship. And here's the thing. I realize God made us different, and that's a beautiful thing. Because if she was just like me, it'd just be an act, and it'd be over quick. <laughs> Not that quick, but it'd be just an act. But because she's different, it forces me to say, if I'm going to love her as Christ loved the church... It's about loving her. See, so well, here's the thing. In the bedroom, it's not about an orgasm. It's not even about you. It's about them. Are they feeling loved? Is he feeling respected? That's what it looks like to be, go vertical in marriage and say, I want to do it God's way. It's not about me. Well, I love what Emerson Egridge says in Love and Respect. He says, men, to get to your woman's body, you first need to go through her heart. You get that? Because it's relationship. She wants to know you. She wants to be known. And women, for you to get to your man's heart, you first have to go through his body. And it seems so confusing because we miss each other. And yet God is saying, serve me first, put your eyes on me and serve your spouse. Because the, what, here's what happened. I would tell Dave when he was so bummed out about all these bags, I said, just let me lay in bed and just rub my back. Give me like 10 minutes to unload all the stuff I'm carrying. So he's like, all right, you know, after a minute, his, his hand does not stay just on the back. Do you know what I mean? It just keeps wandering down. Why don't you just tell him everything? <laughs> Gee whiz. Welcome to our bedroom. Jeez. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, this feels good, like, just to serve us and to love us and to care about us more than just sex. And you guys might be reversed because here's the truth. Some, the, the desire of a man wanting a woman or a woman wanting a man sex more than her husband is really half and half. 
Sometimes when the woman isn't pursued, she feels so rejected and something's wrong and the man does too. Yeah. And so here we are, we got five minutes. We got to get this last point out. So we got bring God in the bedroom, your body's wonderland, understand differences and serve one another. And the last one's just another song from the 60s that the Doors, the Doors redid. It's Come On Baby, Light My Fire. Remember that song? Come on, baby, light my fire. Right? And so, yeah, we can do it. Um, and, that, and that whole thing is about spice it up a little bit. And again, I know it's a little strange to talk about in church, but we're talking to married couples right now and saying this. Be creative. Bring a little spontaneity yes. and fun to this part of your relationship. I've discovered this about mostly church couples and Christian couples. They're very boring in this area. Yes. It's like in the bedroom once a year. I mean, it's like, come on, spice it up a little bit. I'm just saying at our house, we got a trampoline. <laughs> right? We've got a fireplace. We've got a back deck. Okay, I'm done. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's okay to be a little bit creative. And as, as you look at, at scripture, you're like, man, this is some, bring some. In fact, I, I remember this when we first got married. A mentor told us, your bedroom should be the most beautiful room in your house. Put some energy and money in there. And you walk into some guy's bedrooms, they got a motorcycle or their golf clubs. You know, at the bedroom, it's like, man, create a romantic haven. Although I know this, if you've got little kids at home, your bedroom might look like this. My son <laughs> sent me this this morning when we landed. This is a picture of uh, their bedroom. <laughs> they have four kids under she, four years old. Three goes, kids. This is what happens to us now. Yeah, this look is at our that. bedroom. Yeah, there's our, our so romantic funny. haven. And you here's, know? An, here's advice <laughs> to young couples put a lock on your bedroom door. Can we just say that for <laughs> your kids? Put a lock on the door. So here's the thing. When you bring God's perspective in here, you start thinking outside the box, like, let's bring some energy. Okay, I'm going to say one other thing, too. Don't bring other people into your bedroom physically or through porn. Because a lot of secular counselors will suggest that. And I'm telling you, that is not what God Wow, where did that come from? I don't know. Talk about uh, your girl in the Bible study. So our Lions Bible study, I usually teach something on sex every year at the Lions Bible study. So this one year, I was, this one girl after our Bible study, she said, you know what, tonight's my anniversary and my husband is taking me downtown Detroit, rented a limo, we're going to one of the nicest hotels and restaurants. And we're like, that's awesome. And I said, what are you gonna do for him? She goes, I'm going. I said, no, like you need to do something good. Like you need to go buy something, some lingerie or something, wear it under. She goes, yeah, I'm not really into that. And she goes, but, but I said, but he might be. So buy something that you feel comfortable in and that you love. So the next day she calls me, she goes, Ann, this was the best night of our marriage. I said, good, that's good. And she, she, she goes, he was shocked. And afterwards he goes, this isn't even like you. Where did you come up with this idea? And she goes, our Bible study. <laughs> and he goes, I don't want you to ever miss one of those Bible studies again. <laughs> sure enough, our next, our, our, we have also have a couple's Bible study. And this guy he had never up. come. He yeah. had never come to one. She always came by herself. He shows up to the next Bible study. <laughs> and the next Bible study. And I'm not kidding. Long story short, six weeks later, he gave his life to Jesus, surrendered to follow Christ, Today, they have six kids, and they are in full-time vocational Christian ministry. <laughs> and it's an amazing story that all started with little lingerie. You know, and, and really, what do we mean by that? It all started with God's heart on sex, bringing God into this area. And I think what happened to him, he's, he's, he's like, that's who God is? God created something that beautiful, and he gave it as a gift to married couples to say, enjoy this. This is a gift from me to you. And here's the thing, we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you and just close this time out. But I, I would say this, 
I know for a lot of you, it's hard to even hear this. Well, there's so much hurt in the Because of the hurt. Yeah. And I would say, I'm thinking, you're going to say something too, but I would say, if you could surrender this area to God, he is waiting to heal us, to give us hope, to set us free in this area. And he's just like, come to me and I will take it. Yeah. And I would just uh, endorse that to say, the only place you're going to find healing is from the one who gave us this gift. And his heart is broken that you've gone through the pain you've gone through, which could be uh, decisions you've made that now you regret or things were done to you that you had no control over. Mm -hmm. All I know is this, God meets us right there and can begin a healing process, which he's done in us, still doing in us, and he wants to do in you. And, And the only way that can start is when you bring it into the light to him and then to another person. I'm serious. God uses himself to heal and, he, and it, he'll use others. Mm. And so, and, and again, if the book can help you at all, get it and go to the back. There's questions after each chapter in the back. And those questions are, are we wrote them so that you would be able to go somewhere maybe you've never gone and with God and with someone else. If there's a long line, we're going to sign books after the service. If we can't get your book signed in time for the next service, we're having a... Yeah, believe it or not, Barnes & Noble, uh, we're going to sign books uh, next Saturday at 4 o'clock at on the Rochester one on Rochester Road. Road. I'd love to see you come there because you probably don't want to wait in line here. Join us there and we'd love to do that. Let's pray. Why don't you pray this time? Father, thank you that you love us. And Lord, thank you that you care about every single area of our lives. And Lord, we want healing. We want restoration. We want hope. So Father, we lay this area down to you and we ask that you would give us victory in it. Father, I pray that you would heal broken hearts and broken paths and shame that we're carrying. Lord, I know that you're just waiting to release us from it. So will you do that? And Father, will you make marriages even better? For those that are single, God, I pray, Father, that they would see this as this beautiful gift that you've given them and they would hold on to it until you give them someone to be married to. We need you, Father. We love you and we thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We invite you now to go vertical, which means we're going to surrender to the God of all things. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful lyric. And it's really, more importantly, a beautiful way to live.